hey there, future friends. This week we fight like an Egyptian, we scheme with an old flame, and the penguin just isn't our friend anymore. This is the week of October 21st, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's right. It is the second episode this week. If you haven't listened to my Halloween Ends review yet, check it out. As always, the first part of the show is spoiler-free. Then after the ads, I go into details. But definitely check that out. It was the pick of the week for the last regular episode. And should it have been? Tune in and find out. But for now, let us jump into the show. Remember, on this show, I tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week, and I divide them up into two categories. The first is the limited releases, which is where I put the movies that aren't getting a nationwide release or aren't coming to a major streaming service, and did nothing to catch my eye. Does it necessarily mean they're bad? No, not really. Of course, it could mean they're bad, but it just means that the premise the cast and the trailer did nothing to catch my attention in this section i give you the name of the movie who's in it and what it's about and usually that's it maybe i'll give a thought or two sometimes but then we move on to the wide releases and interesting indies in that section i tell you what the movie is what it's about and who's in it then i definitely give you my thoughts then i give it a score which i call the billiams interest level score Or the Bill score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those awful films to an 11 for those films that make me oh so excited to be a movie fan. I also give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey friends, this is a movie I think is the best bet for the week. I base this off of how good does the movie look, how easy is it to see, because sometimes I have a movie that I think looks like a technically better film but it doesn't make it as a pick of the week because, hey, maybe a Marvel or DC movie came out and that's going to be the biggest one. Well, my future friends, let's jump into the limited release section and start with a movie called The Return of Tanya Tucker featuring Brandy Carlisle. Decades after Tanya Tucker slipped from the spotlight, music star Brandy Carlisle takes it upon herself to write an entire album for her hero, based on Tanya's extraordinary life spurring the greatest comeback in country music history. This is a documentary, obviously about Tanya Tucker, featuring Brandi Carlile. Weird, right? So far, this movie is only being released in New York and L.A. I will let you know if that expands. But if you are interested in Tanya Tucker or Brandi Carlile, keep an eye out for this later. But as of right now, just the two cities. After that, we have a film called All That Breathes. The darkening backdrop of Delhi's apocalyptic air and escalating violence, two brothers devote their lives to protect one casualty of the turbulent times, the bird known as the Black Kite. This is a documentary as well, and it's semi-nature a documentary because it is about these brothers trying to help this, this bird, this bird of prey, but also kind of what's going on in Delhi. Could be interesting, but it just didn't grab my attention. 
after that, we have a movie called Every Day in Kaimuki. I think that's how you say it. A young man is determined to give his life meaning outside of Kaimuki, the small Hawaiian town where he grew up, even if it means leaving everything he's ever known and loved behind. This stars no one of note, and it could be interesting. There were parts of the trailer that did get my attention. I thought it looked well done. Looks like a good idea, but other parts that just look so skippable, and especially with a limited release movie like this, I am not as willing to risk my money or my time until I know more about it. So I'm fully going to wait for this to come out and see what people say. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called VHS 99. This is a Shudder original. And even though it is coming to streaming, Shudder's not one of the big ones, so I did think this should go in this section. Witness a hellish version of 1999 as social isolation, analog technology, and disturbing home videos fuse into a nightmare of found footage savagery. This stars no one of note, and, um... I've heard too many bad things about the other movies in this franchise that I just can't even want to watch this one. After that, my friends, the Pez Outlaw. Yes, the Pez Outlaw is the next film. Steve Glue spent the 1990s smuggling rare Pez dispensers into the U.S. from Eastern Europe, making millions of dollars. It was all magical until his arch nemesis, the Pezident, decided to destroy him. Uh, despite that premise, this is a documentary. Uh, there is going to be some acting in it because they're acting out stuff that happened in the past. And it looks like it's going to be a little tongue-in-cheek too. But who knows that uh, smuggling Pez was such a big deal, right? Something like this could be pretty interesting. I I'm not even going to lie. The idea that someone got in trouble for smuggling Pez is pretty crazy. And here's the thing, I don't know if he got into legal trouble or not, because otherwise, how is Pez going to stop him? And this movie also goes into a little bit about the history of Pez, or Pez collecting, and they interview some people who spend hundreds of thousands on Pez just for their collection, and that is insane to me. And that just reminded me, I actually have some Pez at my desk. Yay! My friend, after that, we have a movie that I could possibly talk about this if I ever do another Halloween episode where I talk about horror movies to watch during the season, or maybe even one I recommend to Snarf, Chris, and Critter for the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast about Halloween movies. But right now, this movie is going into this section because it just, it just didn't do enough for me. And this is called Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. A family reunion at a remote mansion takes a lethal turn when they are trapped inside and forced to play a deadly survival game where only one will make it out alive. This stars Jonathan Reese Myers from The Tudors, Will Sasso from The Three Stooges, John Voight from Anaconda, and Dylan Playfair from Letterkenny. He plays Riley, if you're curious. So this movie looks pretty interesting. It looks like something akin to... Very, very loosely, You're Next or Ready or Not, like very loosely, maybe kind of like The Collector and You're Next had a baby, and then that baby had a baby, and, and so on and so forth. That's kind of like what it's like, just far down the generation line. Because this isn't a full-on horror, it seems like it's a little bit, just a slight comedy, where it's not actually funny, but everything they do is slightly tongue-in-cheek. So this does look interesting, but nah, I'd skip it right now. My friends, we have three more movies left in the limited section. So the next one is called After Sun, or technically I think it's Afterson, 
because it's one word, the words after and the word son. But just because they combined it, I'm going to say Afterson is the name of the movie. Sophie reflects on the shared joy and private melancholy of a holiday she took with her father 20 years earlier. Memories real and imagined fill the gaps between as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. This stars Paul Mescal from Normal People, who is doing a ton since Normal People. Like, that put him on the map. He was basically a nobody in the acting world before Normal People became a show. And now I have seen him so much. And what's good is that he deserves it. He is good. The only reason this didn't make it in the limited section is because the, the trailer, it, it just didn't vibe with me because it seems like they're going for this weird thing where some of the memories are staticky. Like, is this real or is this a fake memory? What's going on? And I, I don't like stuff like that. I would rather see just the story of her and her dad. So the way it is, I'm going to skip this film. Two movies left, my friends, and one of them will eventually be in the wide releases in Interesting Indies, and the other is something that could have been if it just looked a little more polished. So the next film is called American Murderer. American Murderer is based on the true story of Jason Derrick Brown, a charismatic con man turned party king who bankrolls his luxurious lifestyle through a series of scams. When his funds run low and his past catches up with him, he plots his most elaborate scheme yet, and in the process becomes the FBI's most unlikely and elusive top 10 fugitive. This stars Tom Pelfrey from Iron Fist, Ryan Felipe from Cruel Intentions, Edina Menzel from Rent, and Moises Arias from The King of Staten Island. And finally, my friends, the last movie in the limited section is getting an Amazon Prime release on November 4th, so I will fully talk about it then. It's called My Policeman. The arrival of Patrick into Marion and Tom's home triggers the exploration of seismic events from 40 years previously. This stars Harry Styles from Dunkirk, Emma Corrin from The Crown, David Dawson from Ripper Street, Linus Roach from Homeland, Gina McKee from The Borgias, and Rupert Everett from My Best Friend's Wedding. I do have something to say about this film, but I will save it for the full episode when it's coming out on Amazon. But for now, I will leave it at that. And my friends, with that, I will send you into our first and only break as you hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. All right, my friends, we're back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. 
And the first one is very similar to My Policeman in the sense that it's getting a limited theatrical rele release this week and getting a actual large-scale streaming release another week. This is coming out on Netflix on the 21st, but select theaters are getting it. And this one, I think, if you have a chance to see in the theater, I think you should. That movie is called Wendell and Wild. Two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, enlist the aid of 13-year-old Cat Elliot to summon them to the land of the living. This features the voices of Lyric Ross, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peele, Angela Bassett, James Hung, and Ving Rhames. So fun fact, Lyric Ross was in the show This Is Us, and she's going to be in the Ironheart show that's going to be in next year's set of Disney Plus shows, because we know that Riri Williams is going to be in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so we're going to get introduced to her, and this movie introduces us to another actress in that show. So the thing with Wendell and Wilde is that this is directed and co-written by Henry Selleck. Why should you know the name Henry Selleck if you don't? If you do, then you already know why you should be interested in this film. If you don't know, then this was the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, Coraline, and now he's doing this. So Tim Burton has kind of come under fire recently for not casting black people and having very problematic quotes about it. In fact, he kind of came under fire for even having a character named Oogie Boogie in The Nightmare Before Christmas that was also voiced by a person of color. And I hope I don't have to explain why that's bad. But what we have to understand is that Henry Selleck didn't do that. And he did produce a great movie. I'm sorry, he directed a great movie. So now he's doing another one working with Jordan Peele as the co-writer and having a mainly black cast. So it's kind of like Henry Selleck is saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not Tim Burton. Don't lump me up with him. I'm sorry, earlier did I say it's coming out the 21st on Netflix? Uh, that, that was my mistake. It's coming out the 28th. So now that I corrected that, this looks really good. This looks like everything we expect from Henry Selleck based on the films I mentioned, based on Coraline, Nightmare, and James and the Giant Peach. This looks like a quality movie. So if you get the chance to see it in theaters, do so. And forgive me if next week I end up repeating some of this when I talk about the movie again. Because I kind of forgot I wasn't going to go on a rant for this one. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. Next up, my friends, is a movie called Slashback. When Micah and her ragtag friends discover an alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet, it's up to them to save the day. Utilizing their makeshift weapons and horror movie knowledge, the aliens realize you don't mess with girls from Pang. So this stars no one of note, but where this really got me was the fact that it gave me Paper Girls vibes. And while I have not seen the Paper Girls show yet, I did read the Paper Girls comics, and it was really good. Also, this takes place in the Canadian hamlet or village, where is it, of Pangneertung. Pangneertung, I think? And this is located on Baffin Island in Nunavut, Canada. And it has an Inuit population, and this movie... As far as I can tell, I, I couldn't find out that much about it, but it looks like it actually stars people from the area. Because all of the four girls have never done anything before. This is their first thing. 
I just tried to do another search on it. I couldn't find anything about them. But from the looks of it, this takes place in an Inuit village with Inuit people in it. And if I am wrong on that, I will correct it as soon as I find out the truth. But I like this. I like this idea that we have this horror movie, or not even not even a horror. It looks more like an action sci-fi film. So let's call it what, what it is. This action sci-fi film taking place in a tiny village somewhere and starring people of color. And actually written and directed by people of color, too. And I, I love this. This says it's a Shudder original, but it's also getting a limited theatrical release. From what I could tell, this is supposed to come out on Shudder on the 17th, but I don't have it. So I will reach out to my friend Raz, see if he knows, because I, I think Raz has Shudder, so I'll find out from him. But keep an eye on this. This looks interesting. So I forgot to give a score to Wendell and Wilde, and I think I'll do that next week. So let me give a score to Slashback and say Slashback gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, we have an Apple TV Plus movie called Raymond and Ray. Half-brothers Raymond and Ray reunite when their estranged father dies and discover his final wish was for them to dig his grave. Together, they process who they've become as men, both because of their father and in spite of him. This stars Ethan Hawke from Training Day, Ewan McGregor from Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, Sophie Okonedo from The Secret Life of Bees, and Maribel Verdu from Pan's Labyrinth. So if you know me, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I am crushing super hard at all times on Ewan McGregor. I think he is gorgeous. I think he's a great actor. And he is yet to disappoint me. I also really like Ethan Hawke. He is extremely talented. So you're, you're putting Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke together in a movie. That's all I need to know. This is obviously going to be one of those very character-driven movies because we have these two brothers, or half-brothers, that is, who kind of become estranged, are brought back together because of the death of their father, and they are forced now in close proximity to each other, and they basically have to talk. And the one thing they can agree on is that he was a shitty father. I think this looks good. I think it looks like a good movie to watch next month. Just because we're still in October, which is a great time to catch up on all of your horror movie needs. If you're not into Halloween, if you're not into horror movies, then definitely check this out this week. It's on Apple TV+. And if you don't have it, you probably know someone who does. So just borrow that login and watch this film. Raymond and Ray gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Matriarch on Hulu. Afflicted with a mysterious disease after surviving an overdose, a woman returns to her childhood home to confront her personal demons, but instead discovers a real one. This stars Kate Dickey from Prometheus. So this movie is a Hulu original horror that takes place in the UK somewhere. And we have this, this woman who, like it says, goes back home after a terrible ordeal and realizes that nothing's changed. In fact, things have changed so little that her mother looks the same as she did when she left, which is some sort of witchcraft. And she also finds out other things are going on in the village. So instead of getting the f out of there like a smart person would do, she stays and tries to figure out what's going on. Is it demons? Is it monsters or aliens? Who knows? Probably demons. I'm guessing something demonic. But unfortunately, this trailer got me a little bored. In fact, I paused and walked away and came back and finished it just because I couldn't be bothered to sit through the whole thing. 
this is probably going to be one of those slow burn movies. Think about an indie horror, kind of like The Witch or something, where it takes a while to get around to it. It's mainly going to build the tension, build the questions, and the horror aspect will just slowly build up the entire movie. That's what I think we're going to have going on with this one. So if you like something a little more action-packed or a little more fast-moving, probably skip this one. Even if you're trying to watch spooky movies for the spooky season, Matriarch looks like it's going to be a more cerebral film. And if you're into that, great. Check it out. It's on Hulu. If not, skip it. Matriarch gets a 6 out of 11. All right, my friends. Next up, we have a film called The School for Good and Evil. This is a Netflix original movie. Best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance between good and evil. This stars Sophia Wiley from High School Musical The Musical The Series, Kate Blanchett from Carol, Carrie Washington from Scandal, Charlize Theron from Tully, Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix, Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once, Peter Serafonowitz from The Tick, and Rob Delaney from Deadpool 2. So I think this looks pretty interesting, but the problem is it's based off a series of books that some find a little problematic. Like my wife, this booktuber she follows, some of the early books can be a little fat phobic. And especially for a YA book, that's really not a good thing. It's not great in adult literature, but at least by that time you're an adult reading that. If you're an impressionable kid reading it about how bad being fat is, that can be kind of shitty. And then apparently in the third book, there's this really weird comment that a teacher makes about a student, mind you, a high school student, that can kind of be construed as a little bit uh, pedophile And so for reasons like that, I'm not even going to pick up this book series, even though this movie looks pretty cool. And I am torn on supporting it for that reason, because I do like this cast. This is a great cast. This looks good. It could be something good for a family. So for all of you that may not be bothered by things like that, definitely check this out then. It looks like it'd be very entertaining for a family movie night because it gives me Harry Potter vibes, but without the transphobia, which is always good. It looks like Netflix put quite a bit of money into this, so the CG looks good. The actors in this, like I already said, really good. I like Sophia Wiley. I think her character is one of the better ones in High School Musical, the musical, the series. Of course, no one's really bad in that show. She's just one of my favorites. So while personally I may not be supporting this, you, if you want to, go right ahead. But for me, School for Good and Evil gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Ticket to Paradise. This is a nationwide release and the first of two nationwide releases this week. A divorced couple teams up to travel to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. This stars George Clooney from Up in the Air. Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman, Billy Lord from Booksmart, and Caitlin Deaver from Booksmart. So right there, that movie has me. George Clooney, Julia Roberts, great. Great chemistry. They work well together. Yes, let's do this. Billy Lord, Caitlin Deaver, fuck yeah. Part of the new generations of stars that are really going to do great work. And I actually like this idea for the movie too, because we have a rom-com, an arguably predictable rom-com, but a good rom-com nonetheless. We have this young woman getting married in Bali. It seems a little sudden. So her parents are flying out there, her divorced parents, and they're like, you know what? She's doing the same thing we did. We need to stop this because look how miserable we were. 
So they team up for the first time since their divorce to try and stop the wedding. But spoiler alert, is this the same situation they had? No, it isn't. So maybe are they going to learn a lesson on the way? Maybe a lesson about love and life? Who knows? I don't... Yes, yes, they will. They will learn a lesson. The only real question I have, the only thing I can't see, is will they fall back in love? I don't think so, because I think this is more about the understanding that even if you don't get it right the first time, love is still out there. I, I think that's what it's going to be. But it's entirely possible that by the end of the movie, we have two weddings. So this is a surefire bet. This is going to be a good movie. And if you're not interested in the pick of the week, then this really could be for you. Because I bet you 100% that the lines to see this movie this week will be non-existent. If there are any lines at the theater this week, it's going to be for the pick of the week. So you could always, even if you do want to see the pick of the week, see this one now, save the other one for next week. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Ticket to Paradise looks like a predictable yet fun movie because you shouldn't go into a movie like this wanting something horribly original. Movies like this are comfort movies. You see these because you know what to expect. They're great for people with anxiety because you, you're not surprised by anything. There's a path this movie is going to take, and if there's a surprise, it's not going to be a really big one. That was actually a recent thing I kind of learned, that some people with anxiety tend to re-watch the same films because they know they're not going to be surprised by anything, and it's comforting. And I think movies like this can be a way that some, not all, because different levels of everything, you know, that some can watch a new film, because just like Hallmark films, you kind of know what's going to happen. Ticket to Paradise looks good, but it also looks like you could wait. If you wait to see this and you watch it when it comes out to streaming or to own on Blu-ray or VOD, I don't think you're going to miss out on anything. This is going to be just as good on the small screen because remember, that's one of my big criteria for what a pick of the week is. Is it worth it for you to go out and watch it on the big screen? Is it worth your time and money? Because it's not just the price of a ticket, it's the price of gas or bus or a cab or however you get around. It's the price of snacks if you want any. It's, it's everything. So my friends, Ticket to Paradise looks like a good time. It looks like an 8 out of 11. Alright, next up, my friends, is a movie called The Banshees of Inisherin. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship, with alarming consequences for both of them. This stars Colin Farrell from In Bruges, Brendan Gleeson from In Bruges, Carrie Condon from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Barry Keoghan from Dunkirk. So right there, this cast has me. I loved me in Bruges. Barry Keoghan, I think, is the next big sh**. I can't wait to see his Joker. I think he's going to do such a good job. But this movie is reuniting Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, and they are two lifelong friends, like the premise says. And one day, Brendan Gleeson's character decides he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore, so he just stops. And... The, thus is the premise of the movie, where Colin Farrell's trying to figure out what's going on. Brendan Gleeson's like, no, I'm not, I just don't want to talk. Just don't talk to me. Do not talk to me. At one point in the trailer, he says, I'm going to get my shears out. Each time you come and try to talk to me, I'm going to chop off one of my fingers until I have no fingers left. So yes, this is a dark comedy. A dark comedy just like M. Bruges was. But this is also another Irish movie you can add to your list of films around St. Patrick's Day. 
my favorite thing, list of Irish movies that aren't Leprechaun. And this also looks really good. This looks like a good film, but just like In Bruges, just like all of my other favorite Irish films, movies that I 100% missed in theaters and watched later. I didn't feel like I missed anything watching The Guard or watching In Bruges or watching Sing Street or Belfast or Cavalry or any of those. I didn't feel like I missed anything. If you really like those films and you really like these actors, yes, by all means, see it in theaters. That's another thing. Even if a movie isn't going to fully take advantage of the big screen effect of the surround sound of the ambiance of the theater, it's still a movie and watching a movie in theaters is still a lot of fun. I think the Banshees of Inisherin looks fantastic. I think it's going to be on my list of favorites. There's something about the way Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson work together that just, that, that is, it's just right. It works. This movie is going to be on my to-be-watched list. It will definitely be, and I will let you know if I see it. The Banshees of Inisherin gets a 9 out of 11. And my future friends, the final movie this week is, of course, Black Adam. This is another nationwide release. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. This stars Dwayne Johnson from Walking Tall. Remember that one? Sarah Shahi from Fairly Legal. Viola Davis from The Suicide Squad. Pierce Brosnan from Tomorrow Never Dies. Noah Centineo from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Addis Hodge from One Night in Miami. And Quintessa Swindell from Voyagers. It's finally here. Black Adam is finally here. It's the DC movie everyone's been looking forward to since The Suicide Squad came out. There is a lot of buzz for Shazam 2, but I think this one is getting a little more, especially because it is Dwayne Johnson. It is The Rock. If there's one thing Dwayne Johnson is good at, it's giving us entertaining films. Are they necessarily good no, not really. Skyscraper wasn't really that great of a movie. Rampage wasn't. But they're fun. They are enjoyable. They are blockbusters. They are what we want to see on the big screen. They are what make the big screen oh so fun. Big, flashy, not entirely without substance. And not only that, but this time we get to see a character who is a notorious villain. He was Captain Marvel's original villain. And I mean the original Captain Marvel, the one DC had, before Marvel had Captain Marvel, and thus Captain Marvel had to change his name to Shazam. And what I like is that it, it doesn't look like this movie is building him up to be a hero, because we're still promised a fight between Shazam and Black Adam, which is going to be Shazam's first real, real fight. I mean, I still, I'm still not certain who he's fighting in Shazam Fury of the Gods, because I'm reading this article from MovieWeb saying Calypso and Hespera, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren respectively, aren't in the comics. Which is an interesting choice if it's true. Like, you're taking a character with a lot of history and just inventing a new bad guy for them? Yeah, I just did another quick search. I can't find anything about them being comic characters. So if I am wrong, please reach out to me. But anyway, so you're telling me that Shazam is going to go from fighting Mark Strong in the first one to these two and then Black Adam. I'm here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting two films. 
a two-film showdown, and I'm expecting Black Adam to absolutely body Shazam the first time. Just wreck his shit, destroy him and the Shazam family. Then they have to get their shit together, and then, then they can defeat him. I hope they don't make Black Adam a good guy, because... My knowledge of Black Adam isn't all there. I, I just know he exists. I know a little bit about his background. But as far as I know, he's not a good guy. So I really hope that even if he does save the day in Black Adam, it's for selfish reasons. So people are like, oh, this guy saved us from this new bad guy that appeared. And then have him go, actually, y'all can go f*** yourselves. I did it for me. I'm still a bad guy. That's what I would want to see. So Black Adam looks very entertaining. It looks like the movie to see right now. We have a couple weeks until the next big movie, which is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So I actually think this is releasing at a good time. Though, of course, this is DC. So seeing these movies during the first week isn't as necessary as it is for Marvel. Because with Marvel, spoilers are a much bigger deal since everything's linked, everything's eventually eventually comes together in these big stories like Infinity War, or eventually uh, when everyone gets together to fight Kang. For the MCU, spoilers are a little bit bigger of a deal, but for this one, uh, maybe you'll get spoiled for something, but I don't think it's going to be huge. Unless DC's secretly waiting to announce another Justice League film and the Snyderverse is back or something like that. But chances are, you could wait. So if, you're, so if you are a comic book fan movie, definitely see this. If not really, and you just kind of like to watch them because you think they're fun once in a while, I think you're fine to wait. Should eventually come to, what, maybe HBO Max? Is that where DC, yeah, DC goes to HBO Max usually. So probably come to HBO Max later. But if you do see one movie this week, Black Adam has the bigger chance of being worth your money on the big screen. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is a very reliable actor. And I'm excited to see his take on this character. Black Adam gets a 9 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for this episode. Thank you once again for tuning in. As always, reach out to me. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you're going to see this week, if anything. Let me know your thoughts on some of the films that are coming out. Did you see something new and you want to recommend it to me? Always reach out. You can find all of the ways to contact me in the link tree in the show notes. Be sure to check out the friends of the show. You heard their ads midway through. And please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.